This week, we're continuing in our sermon series, going through the book of Matthew and considering the words of Jesus, the actions of Jesus, and how we are being led through the Spirit of God to be people who do more than, who, who do more than survive, but who thrive in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, recognizing that some circumstances are easier to thrive in than others. Today, our scripture passage comes from Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. And these are, these are words, it's a story that Jesus is telling about what the kingdom of God is like. I invite you to listen with me for the words of God speaking to you and to me today. Jesus says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish ones took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of, the, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, here is the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps the foolish said to the wise, come give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers, buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Friends, if you will, please join me as we pray. God, we need your wisdom to understand this scripture, to navigate our lives, to discern and make sense of the world as we encounter it. We know that we do not go through this world alone, and so we pray that you will tune our ears and our eyes to your Spirit, and that it is by your Spirit that we will guide our thinking and our responses, our actions, and our choices. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the late summer of 1949, a lightning storm passed over the Man Gulch area of Montana and set a small fire in a dead tree. By the time that it was seen by a forest ranger the next day, it was determined that that fire had explosive potential, even though at the moment it was still quite small. Fifteen men, smoke jumpers, were flown in by plane and dropped near the fire, charged with the task of controlling the fire where they still had an opportunity to control it. Now, smoke jumpers, they were young, highly trained men, often self-described as professional adventurers. Of the 15 men that leapt toward that fire in Man Gulch that day, 12 of them had military training. Seven of them were in forestry students and all of them were in the prime of health. Each and every one of them, save one, was under the age of 28 years old. However, even though the fire was manageable, even though there were 15 men, 
to fight it, even though they were the best trained and in the best shape of their lives, only two of them would survive. Thirteen men died that day. Which led to a question, what could have possibly have gone wrong that would lead to such an immense tragedy? Organizational theorist Carl Wick studied the story of the Mangulch fire, searching to see how he could find an answer to this tragedy. And what he found was that there were several problems that occurred starting from the moment that they exited that plane. For starters, there had been a greater than usual amount of smoke. And so that meant that they had to jump from 800 feet higher than they would usually so that the plane could maintain visibility. The second problem was because they were jumping from that higher altitude, when the radio was dropped out, its parachute failed to open, which meant that because it was dropping from that higher height, it stood no chance. It was pulverized upon impact. The third problem was that even though the men were young and healthy and all of them had experience working with teams, the majority of them military teams, this particular group of men had never worked together before. And so they didn't have an established rapport. They didn't have the trust or that high level of communication that they needed to be able to navigate the circumstances they encountered. And that was made even more difficult by that final problem that Wick discovered. That after all, all of these young men were adventurers professionally. And they had come to be confident in their own ability to navigate unpredictable circumstances. They had a lot of confidence in their own decisions without the help of others. There were a lot of things that contributed to that tragedy, but the biggest complication was the fire itself. The urgency of controlling that fire led the team to divide and conquer. So the foreman, Wagner Dodge, went with the forest ranger to scout while the other men waited, traveled a little bit, ate a quick dinner. When Dodge joined the crew half an hour later and took his position at the head of the line, he could see flames lapping back and forth sort of behind them. But then it was at that point where Dodge saw what is going to happen. He watched as that fire crossed the gulch just 200 yards ahead of them. And it was moving their direction. Dodge turned the crew around. He had them angle up a steep hill, 75% incline with all of their fire gear on them, aiming to get them to the ridge at the top, effectively running from the fire. They were soon moving through tall grass. It was over two feet high and they were quickly losing ground to the 30 foot high flames that were moving toward them at over 600 feet per minute. Dodge knew they couldn't outrun it. And so that's when Dodge turned to the crew and shouted, drop your tools. And then to everyone's astonishment, Dodge lit a fire right in front of them and ordered the men to lie in the area that had just been burned before he himself dove into those new ashes. As you can imagine, 
no one listened to him. Instead, they all kept running for the ridge. Two people made it through a crevice in the ridge. They were unburned, but they were followed by another who also made it to the ridge, burned so severely that he died the next day. The only person who survived that fire was Dodge, who had lived by laying down in the ashes of what came to be known as an escape fire. Less than 15 minutes from the moment that Dodge had seen the fire leap the gulch, 13 men, 13 young, smart, highly trained, professional adventurers had died. And it would take 450 men to fight that fire for five days before it got caught under control. When Dodge had done what, what he had done in telling the men to drop their tools and then in setting that fire in the grass, it was controversial. It was almost nonsensical to the people who were charged with later investigating the tragedy. Dodge's course of action was not a method that the Forest Service had ever considered before, let alone never thought to train anyone to do, because it was not a method that would have ever worked in the intense heat of the typical forest fire that they were usually fighting. When Dodge was questioned about the incident by the Forest Service Review Board, he said that he also had never heard of such an escape fire he said that he did it because it just seemed logical to him because the number one thing was that they survived. Dodge appeared to have invented this on the spot. It was the only means available to him to save his crew, even though it looked farcical at the time. In the moment where it counted most, Dodge was uniquely able to make sense of an urgent, dire situation and find a way to survive, even though it wasn't a path that had been taken before. And that is what this group of men have in common with the group of women in Jesus' story for today, because both of these stories are about the abilities that we as people have to make sense of the urgent situations that we find ourselves in and to survive, even to thrive. In Man Gulch, Wagner Dodge had the sense of the fire that was bearing down, had to make sense of the fire that was bearing down on his life. And so to survive it, he had to drop the tools, the logic, the thinking, the actual weight of the tools that he relied upon to save his life. And he had to do what had never been done before in order to keep living. In the story about the 10 bridesmaids today, Jesus is telling a story about the kingdom of God that is bearing down on 10 women. Five of them were able to survive, to live and enter into that kingdom. And five of them were not able to enter into that kingdom, not because they weren't invited, but because they could not make good sense of the situation that they were faced with. Let me say a little more about that. In our scripture for today, 
Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like these 10 women preparing to celebrate a wedding. Five of them arrive with oil to light their lamps. Five of them don't, but all 10 of them are asleep as the groom delays and delays and delays his arrival. Whoever gives brides a hard time for being late to their wedding, they can point to this story and get a little redemption. Suddenly in the middle of the night, all of the women are awakened by people calling out, warning them that the groom is on his way. The five women who have oil in their lamps start to trim the lamps to begin the celebrations, but the five women who didn't bring oil start to panic. They ask their friends, with, can they share their oil? But the friends don't want to share because they want to keep their lamps burning until the sun comes up. So the ones with oil suggest that the ones without quickly leave in the middle of the night in first century desert to go and find an oil seller and then to come back. You sort of have to wonder if these women are giving the advice a little tongue in cheek, like there's some sort of 24 hour convenience store that's going to be open in first century Palestine that sells oil. So regardless of whether it was tongue in cheek or not, the women without oil decide to follow their suggestion only to return hours later to locked doors and the voice of a groom saying, I don't know who you are behind a shut door. You see, it turns out that the five women without oil were not just bad packers they were also bad sense makers. When they were faced with an urgent situation, they prioritized the wrong thing. Commentator Elizabeth Johnson, she puts it this way. She says, perhaps the problem of the foolish bridesmaids is not their poor planning in not bringing extra oil. Perhaps their problem is rather that at the critical moment, when they were to welcome the groom, they had abandoned their posts. They were foolish because they acted as if their primary job was to have oil in their lamps. When this was only a means to an end, the primary job was to welcome the groom and to accompany the bridal party with joy. But because they got distracted with secondary concerns, they missed the groom's arrival and missed out on the party. So for those five women who didn't have any oil, yes, they should have planned ahead. And yes, they should have stayed awake in expectation for the groom's arrival. And no, no one else could have filled their lamps for them. They needed to do it themselves. But also when they had failed to be prepared, when they had failed to stay awake, they needed to do a better job of letting go of what should have been and prioritize making sense of the current situation. Their purpose in being there wasn't to participate in a lamp lighting. Their purpose in being there was to celebrate the wedding. So when those lamps became suddenly useless to them in the moment that the groom arrived, all they needed to do was to drop the lamps 
and turn all of their attention onto the groom. It's the very same logic that Dodge used when he told his team to drop their tools as the fire began to bear down on them because their tools were not going to be the things that helped them in that crucial moment. It doesn't matter how many times the tools had helped them in the past. The fact was that the tools, which were very heavy, were the very things that were physically slowing them down in the moment where they needed to move quickly in order to save their lives. The sad part about this story is that the smoke jumpers, they just couldn't do it. Those tools have been the things that they had grown to rely on to save their lives times and times before, and not only their lives, but the lives of others. They had faith in those tools. They trusted those tools. They knew how to use those tools. They couldn't let go of the things that had saved their lives in the past, even though it was going to cost their life in the future. They couldn't do what they needed to do to survive in diving into the ashes of the fire that Dodge made because they didn't know how to make sense of it. Friends, we too are in this situation that the bridesmaids were in. We're in this situation of urgently waiting in more ways than one. As Christians, we are still in this position of waiting for the fullness of the kingdom to be revealed. As people who worship God, we are still waiting to experience God in all of God's fullness. We have used certain tools along the way to help us in our waiting to keep us focused on this task. They've been patterns of study, ways of doing Bible study, reading the Bible, meeting together. It's been patterns of worship, how we sing, what we sing, when we sing it, what instruments we use. It's been patterns of thinking, the way that we try to find answers or solutions to make sure that we're right in the eyes of God. We have brought these tools with us that have gotten us here and they have helped us as we have waited but we are not going to be able to rely on these tools for every situation for all of time. It's really, really important that we are able to recognize when the tools that have served us reliably in the past begin to hinder us, fail us, or even entrap us. And when that happens, when we see that we are not thriving because of these tools, we have to have the courage to drop them. We need to be willing to consider when it's time to do something new. Even if it feels scary, even if it feels illogical, even if it feels like we're showing up empty-handed. So friends, as we wait together and anticipate this coming kingdom of God that is breaking into our world even now, what are the tools 
that you and I have been hanging on to that might be keeping us from being prepared for what is coming next? What are the things that we are hanging on to that are just weighing us down? Like the women seeking oil for their lamps, what is it that we are so concerned about, these secondary things that distract us? What are we so concerned about that we are missing the main events? Friends, in our scripture for today and throughout the gospels, we see that Jesus feels an urgency about the coming kingdom of God and that Jesus wants humanity to respond urgently to that coming kingdom as well. That kingdom is coming in such a way and at such a time that even those people who feel like they are adequately prepared are going to be caught off guard. We know that. So it's crucial that we now start to develop the skill of learning how to make good and right sense of the circumstances that are actually in front of us. That we no longer get distracted by the weight of the tools in the past and that we open ourselves to considering how what is coming, even though it might not feel complete or logical, might be the very thing that we need to survive and to thrive, friends. As we go into this week, how are we going to survive and thrive and make sense of just the situation we're in? How are we going to let go of what's weighing us down so that we too can be welcomed into the full experience of the kingdom of God?